Hey, this is Matt and Tim, and welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. Yo, what's going How on? How are you doing, man? I'm good, dude. I'm tired, but I'm good. Yeah, it's late. It's 11.30 p.m. I am currently mm-hmm. in the back of the bus on the Kill Switch Engage tour. Uh, we just finished playing, uh, actually it was about an hour and a half ago already. Um, wow. Because we're not main support, because we're not headlining and we're actually main support, we finish early and it's uh, it's nice I get to have an opportunity to do work like this on the on the side so um, yeah, that's awesome but it is still late even though it's i'm con- i'm working second shift in a way <laughs> yeah right so. right that's crazy how's so you so tonight was your first show right tonight was the first show on the tour that's exciting that's exciting yeah we're in cleveland and what's wild is yesterday we finished up pre-pro and Lidditz at rock Lidditz. it was 70 degrees out it was like the most perfect day right i mean i'm sure it was the same in in jersey Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. And then today, I wake up in Cleveland. It's pouring rain, and the high was like thirty nine. Wow, <laughs> crazy. Jeez. And I packed two days ago when it was pretty nice at home, so I definitely didn't bring incredibly <laughs> warm clothing. So like, I I layered up with like three of the heaviest things that I have on this tour to walk to a grocery store for dinner. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of confusing packing yeah. for a winter ish tour when it's 70 degrees at home. Cause you're like, okay, spring's here, yeah, you know, right, like I, right. I'll probably just bring shorts and then maybe like one pair of pants. And then the first day of the tour, to it's like 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how this, this is a tough time of year to pack because you know, it could be 70 degrees today and then it could snow tomorrow doesn't matter where yeah, you are exactly i think we yeah, will I mean, see snow Florida, on this tour probably will i mean it's only march and it's not uncommon for us to see snow in march at least no on it's the not upper east coast so you know yeah i i'm at the point where i'm almost ready for there to not be a possibility of snow <laughs> and just okay that's just jumping right into spring because yeah yeah because for a while i definitely wanted you know that's that's got a big 30 inch snow in and mm-hmm. at the point now where it's like okay it's, you know winter you had your chance you missed your chance it's it's time that we jump into spring and actually have nice weather and you could tell right. at home everybody's ready for it there i actually heard someone start up their mower at home like oh wow. okay well that's that time it might be year. a little early but uh <laughs> go for it <laughs> yeah i mean hey it's i i i'm i'm ready for it i think i I, I think I'd be a little bit sad if it snowed all of a sudden and then we're getting the snow boots back out and, you know, I'm just, I'm good, I'm good for spring. Yeah, me too. I'm me good. Too. <laughs> so um, I, we showed up here to Cleveland. Uh, we did our, we were about to do our sound check. Killswitch had just done theirs and I saw Adam D, the guitarist for the band on stage and I walked over to yeah. him. I was with JB, we were talking to him and and uh, I realized after talking to him that we recorded Thrill Seeker, our first record with him, in 2005, which is 15 years wow. ago. Insane. And, of course, I knew that was true, but then I'm standing there talking to him, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, 15 years ago, we were sitting in Franklin, Tennessee with him recording our first album, and here was the thought I had, we're both still doing it. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So he's he's 42. He has a pizza on his guitar 
like a pizza graphic on his guitar. <laughs> Still exactly the same dude. Funniest guy yeah. in the room. Yeah. Um, absolute shredder. Really good sound engineer. Um, Great producer. Recorded, so, yeah. Recorded some of the best album, the you know best metal albums. Um, and and uh, the only main difference is that he moved from Boston where it's cold to San Diego where it's perfect. And that's what we actually yeah. talked about. He's like, dude, my life is so good now. He's like, I just chill. I just chill. It's hard to make myself want to work anymore because the weather's so nice. People mm-hmm. are so slow paced. I just want to sit and relax. Yeah. And then I was like, so let me guess, what is it that makes you ambitious about doing a tour like this? And he's like, he was about to say it, and I said it at the same time, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, it's about that time. I need some more of that because I live in San Diego, California. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 15 years ago, <laughs> we recorded our first album with this guy, and now they're headlining the tour that we're on across the country. So it's just yeah. uh, wild. And then, and then on top of that, Howard Jones, who is the the former vocalist for Killswitch Engage is now the vocalist for Light the Torch, who is the opener on the tour. And wow, he cool. was our manager for uh, a couple months, maybe a year, right wow. after we recorded Thrill Seeker. Yeah, so it was funny. Insane. Tonight I walked up to him and I'm like, hey, dude, haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? <laughs> still, still, still doing it. And, you know, he's still like just as popular. His, his band was like halfway through their set. They're opening the tour. 1,900 people sold out in Cleveland. And he gets a name chant. They're like, Howard, Howard. I was saying to someone else backstage, like, I wonder what that feels like to not be in the band that made you successful, to be in the opening band, and you're getting called by your name, not even the Mm -hmm. name of your band. Yeah. How does it feel to be his band? (laughs) That's what I want to know. How does it feel to be his band? (laughs) I think they're just like pumped to be on a sick tour. Uh, yeah, on a tour with Howard. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your band's name? I'm not sure, but our vocalist is Howard. Yeah, Jones. yeah. There you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So it should be a fun tour. I'm looking forward to it. It's pretty straightforward, easy, no drama. Killswitch has been doing it forever. I mean, I, to the extent that like someone in their camp told me they rehearsed five songs of their set which is probably i don't know 14 songs they only rehearsed five yesterday wow they didn't even rehearse the other ones because they've been playing together for 20 years <laughs> that they're like yeah we're fine you yeah, know that's yep that's funny that's incredible <laughs> it's insane uh that's cool though that's cool it's gonna i'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a good tour so uh i'm excited to hear uh more stories as we continue yeah. to record episodes at 11:30 at night yeah yeah um, so this is how things will go i'll be set up in the back lounge of the bus and i'll be recording as people are coming in and out and jake's actually mm-hmm. currently playing call of duty three feet away from me uh, mm-hmm. call of duty jake yeah yeah call of duty yeah. uh he's uh, war zone mode he says he's winning uh yeah it looks like he's winning he's crushing He's crushing right now. Jake is crushing. Jake's good at video games. If if Jake spent as much time playing drums as he spent playing video games, he would be the drummer for August Burns Red. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe maybe the drummer for Light the Torch. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm just I'm just sitting here by myself in a soundproof room. Uh, we did a live stream a little earlier, um, and uh, people oh, were asking too. if if I was like in seclusion or like in an insane asylum or something. So that's that's where I'm at right now. That's right. My, and the guy's like, I hope this isn't view. creepy, but can I see the studio? Can I see the rest of the room, please? I just want to yeah. make sure you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, Speaking of the live stream we just did with our inner circle, uh, shout out to the inner circle peeps. Love you guys. Um, we, uh, our member of the month this month is Sean Rosendahl. Um, mm -hmm. So congrats to Sean. Um, I've had a couple of really good conversations with with Sean. He's a good guy. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm excited to. I'm excited that he's the the member of the month this month. So. Um, Shout out to Sean. So um, we figured we'd hop on and do a quick mini-sode um, while we had the time. And uh, I don't have anything extremely prepared, but I was thinking about something the other day um, that I yeah. thought was interesting. Um, yep. I was I was preparing breakfast for, um, for my wife in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. And this is not usually when I'm thinking clearly, but for whatever reason... Um, and so this at six twenty in the morning is when I see something, and then it sets me on a train of thought. Um, so right. in this case, I was pulling out some plastic wrap, and I started thinking about plastic wrap, uh, hmm. and I realized that there's a multi-million-dollar industry hmm. that is solely based on a piece of science that you don't see. Mm -hmm. And that that is static cling. Mm -hmm. If there was no static cling, then plastic wrap would be completely useless, and these companies wouldn't be making the millions of dollars that they're making selling plastic wrap. Mm -hmm. um, their entire industry is based off of something you can't see, mm -hmm. that you just believe it's there, that you believe it works um, because you see its effect. Static cling. <laughs> it's invisible electricity <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, is what they base their entire business off of. And it was, it dawned on me that like, okay, so these guys literally have faith that they can sustain themselves, um, you know, support their families um, by selling this equipment that mm -hmm. is purely based on static cling continuing to function the way that it, that it has thus far. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was it, that thought alone just sent me on this spiral of like almost confusion because um, I was like, this is just insane. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's the same thing really when you think about it, like with um, like airplanes, the, you mm -hmm. know, the airline industry, um, they are 100% basing their income um, and honestly people's lives on the fact that lift will work hmm. that airflow will work um and it's wild <laughs> it's like so so there's a verse that popped out to me i was thinking about this and it's matthew seventeen twenty. and what it says is um he said to them because of your little faith for truly i say to you if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it hmm. will move and nothing mm -hmm. will be impossible for you that verse has always puzzled me because if 
if I go up to a mountain and say that, it, well, I've tried this, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm speaking from experience. If I go mm-hmm. up to this mountain and say move, sure, it doesn't move. Sure. <laughs> so based on this verse, I don't even have faith like a mustard seed. Right. Which, if you've never seen a mustard seed, it's very, very small. Right. Like, if I dropped it in this small 9 by 9 room, I would lose it. Right. I wouldn't right. be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how small it is. So my faith is so minuscule mm-hmm. based on this passage. And um, it's, uh, it's wild to me that, again, take this uh, plastic wrap company. Mm-hmm. has faith their entire business is based on something they can't see but yet i can't take steps in faith whether whether or not it's telling a mountain to move or not that's that's a different story but mm-hmm. i can't i obviously can't take steps in faith because i don't see it or don't have enough faith to believe that what the bible says will actually happen or that mm-hmm. who god says he is um is true mm-hmm. um so I don't actually have much more than that to say, but I thought it was an interesting thought and mm-hmm. might lead to an interesting conversation. So I'm yeah, interested so, to see what you think from that. <laughs> so years ago, I remember someone talking about uh, Matthew 19:24, which talks about how uh, the exact verses, and this is actually Jesus talking, he says, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the description, so most people listening to this have probably heard this verse before. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so in the same way that you just referenced this faith, faith like a mustard seed, having that amount of faith, which is pointing to very little faith, actually, you can move a mountain. It's, it's similar, and it reminds me of this verse, in that a camel in those days was the largest animal that you could and probably would think about. You were to think about the largest object that was mobile, um, that that you could, if you said that animal, if you referenced it, you were referencing the largest known common animal in that part of the world. And right. so, for you to say it's easier for that to go through the eye of needle, which, as it turns out, was the smallest um, item or the smallest object that you could probably apply in your life uh, that you use on a day-to-day basis. Um, The largest and the smallest. And in the same way, all that's really happening is the writers doing this or the person articulating this is doing this just to make a point. Mm -hmm. And the the point in Matthew 19.24 is that it's really difficult if you have a lot of money to, when you die and face God, to not rely and fall back and rest in your own ability to get salvation. Because your whole yeah. life, or at least as long as you've been rich, anything you've needed, you've been able to count on yourself to provide. It's really that simple. I mean, and it, it makes a lot of sense. So if you have a lot of money and you have a problem, you can probably buy your way out of that problem pretty easily. Or at least you can mitigate the damage from it. You right. can say to this, okay, this really sucks, or this is a really unfortunate circumstance. I have a lot of money, and with a lot of money, I can do a lot to, at, at the very least, distract myself away from this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's a sounds like a pretty great life, except for the fact that you can't buy your way out of inevitable death 
because that will right. happen one day. And when that happens, uh, God references himself as the leveler. Um, that's what happens when you die. There, there is no, there aren't favorites when you die. It's like you either have or you have not a relationship with God. And if the Bible's true and what it says is true, then you need that. You need a relationship with him that's based on what he's done, not what you've done, in order to spend the rest of your life with him. And that's a controversial yeah. thought. It's a controversial idea. But if it's true, then having a lot of money wouldn't actually be helpful. It would be pretty hurtful. In the same way, um, the writer of Faith Like a Mustard Seed was trying to make a point, and they do a pretty good job of making it, in saying that you don't need a whole lot of faith to see God work in your life. Mm. And actually... If you throw away this idea of, if I believe that something can happen, and it doesn't happen. Let's say, for example, you went out and you looked at that mountain in New Jersey, and you're like, God, mm -hmm. move that mountain. And the mountain didn't move. You probably weren't all that surprised, but you also probably questioned your faith. And I would put forth the argument that that's probably a good thing, because it you questioning your faith can do a couple different things. One thing that it has the potential to do is to build in you more faith. Because yeah. faith isn't something that you're given. It's not something that comes easily. It's not something that comes naturally. Hmm. I mean, the essence of faith is believing in something that you can't see. You can't prove. And everything around us that we depend on, we think... We think everything around us that we depend on. We can, we can prove in a pragmatic, scientific way, except that's really not all that true when you break it down. Um, to bring it to the tour level, <laughs> uh, the only thing that's actually making noise on stage for an August Burns Red show are the drums and Jake's screaming. That's it. I mean, if you were to put your ear up against JV's guitar strings, you'd hear him buzzing. But... Everything's going through digital processing, and you're depending on things that you really don't understand, but they've been tried and true, and they've worked in the past, and therefore you're putting faith in it to work again. And actually, right. it requires a decent amount of faith. We played for 1,900 people here tonight in Cleveland, and though there's some nerves about it actually working, you trust in the process because you've spent time with it. In the same way... Yep. You spend time with God, you spend time in a relationship with him, and it builds in you a faith that's actually really durable and really strong. And even though you can't prove it, it's actually faith that's strong because you can't prove it. If it was provable, it wouldn't be faith. It would just right. be a fact that everyone would look at and say, well, I either see that as a fact or I see it as fiction, but it certainly wouldn't be faith. It's one or the other of something completely different than faith. And yeah. so faith is something that builds in you the more that you realize that it takes a lot of it. In other words, you look at that mountain in Jersey and you say, move, and it doesn't move. And you realize, oh my gosh, I really don't have that much faith. And it builds in you this decision-making moment where you say, well, I can either throw the whole thing away because that mountain didn't move. Or I can say, this is actually worth me looking into and investing time in. And that means building a relationship with 
the object of the faith in such a way that I can base my life on it. Mm-hmm. And though the mountain won't move, <laughs> when I say move, um, <laughs> maybe much much more importantly than the yeah much more importantly than that, I can I can I can base everything I do in my life on this idea that someone gave their life for the sake of yeah. the world, and I'm going to live in response to that. That takes an enormous amount of faith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, the interesting thing about this whole um, faith, <laughs> this, this religion, for just clarification purposes. Um, I don't see it as a religion, but this mm-hmm. this religion, Christianity, this belief system, um, this way of life, it's built around faith. Mm-hmm. You know, everything Jesus preached was was about faith. You know, it was about having faith. Um, it's, you know, Hebrews says, you know, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It's, you know, it's, um, it, it's tough, especially like if you get into debates, like I, I know um, a lot of you listening are into apologetics. Um, uh, a few of you, I think, are actually in school in apologetics classes which is crazy mm-hmm. um i could i could never do that but um <laughs> apolo- apologetics um uh, which for those of you that don't know it's it's basically just the you know defending uh what the bible says um so you know i've i've watched a lot of like debates where christians defend certain things about the bible um against uh atheists or, or people of other belief systems and um it's always interesting you know obviously i was raised christian um right a lot of the times i actually find that the atheist arguments are much better <laughs> in a lot mm-hmm. of cases um not that i believe them or that you know i you know disagree with what the christian side is but i just see that like a lot of christianity is based on faith mm-hmm and so when you're trying to find an argument around something, sometimes it's literally just, well, you have to have faith. Mm-hmm. If, we were, if we were able to prove this 100%, uh, there's a lot we can prove um, in our faith, but there's a lot that we can't. Um, and those things, you need to have faith. And that's literally what the entire walk of, christianity is it's Mm -hmm. you know having faith in a lot of these things so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just it's interesting i I don't know what resolve we've really come to here but (laughs) it's you know um the i guess the the resolve is that faith is important it's important to have faith it's important Mm -hmm. not not to know everything 100 percent um honestly i think a lot of the times when people think they know something they actually don't Hmm. um and I think even even science, if we're going to use the science argument, mm-hmm. um, I think science is is proof enough that they're finding things all the time. Mm-hmm. They're finding out how wrong they were about something else. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a stupid example, but like like um, for a while, carbohydrates were the best thing you could have, mm-hmm. and then they were the worst thing. And then they found out there's actually different types of carbohydrates, and some <laughs> of them are bad, and some of them are good. Same thing with cholesterol. Like cholesterol's bad, you know, 
make sure you're checking, you're getting your cholesterol checked. Your cholesterol is too high. Well, actually, uh, some cholesterol is good and some of it's bad. This is, these are all pieces of science that we're learning. Um, you know, and so as soon as you think oh, I have this 100% right, Mm-hmm. That's usually where you start to go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's usually where you're you're limiting the ability to learn and to grow. And that's something that we've said multiple times in this podcast is like, you know, if you think you know everything, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's it's important to uh, to keep that in mind, I think, in I, life. I'd like to tie this to relationships. So if you spend very little time with someone else, it's going to be hard to depend on them. It's going to be hard to have faith in them. Yeah. To do what they say, to come through for you, to love you, to understand you. The more time you spend with someone, the more that you know them. The more you know them, the more you can depend on them, the more faith you can have in them. When you yeah. say, I believe you're going to do what you say you're going to do, it's an act of faith because they haven't even done it yet. You're mm-hmm. just believing that what they say they're going to do, they're going to do. Yeah. In a lot of ways, a relationship will deteriorate if you do not invest time and energy into maintaining that specific relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship. Your dad, your son, your mom, your daughter, siblings. Mm-hmm. Any variety of, of relationships, it doesn't matter how 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 um, close you were or how distant you were, time spent with or time spent away will change the trajectory of that relationship. And in turn, I think it, it really does play into this idea of faith in that when I'm spending time and I'm diligently seeking God reading the Bible and praying to him. My faith in what he says about me, about other people, about the future, about the aspirations that I have for my life, the desires of my heart, my faith level shoots through the roof. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm distant and I'm really concerned about my day and I'm, I'm, you know, worried about things that are weighing on me and I'm not really taking it to God or praying about them. My faith in him as my provider, as the peace in my life, it almost disappears and it happens pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, our, our deepest desires, I believe, are to be known and to be loved. To be known yeah. without being loved is cruel. I mean, if someone knows you and they say, I don't love you, that's the worst feeling we could imagine. And yet if they say, I love you, and they don't know you, then it's superficial. I think if we have both of those things, the person giving that love and that understanding, the person investing into us, is someone that we can really have faith in. And it's, it's almost this idea that's synonymous with trust. Do you, do you remember how we talked about bitterness and how bitterness in the end mm-hmm. seemed to be synonymous with unforgiveness? Yeah. I yep. think in a lot of ways, faith can be synonymous with trust. And in order to trust in someone, you really yeah. have to know them. If you trust well, that's exactly in, where I was going to go with it, yeah. If, if you yep. trust 
if you say, I, I trust that person and you don't know them, everyone around you has the right to call you a fool because yep. on what basis can you say, I trust that person? And so the more time that you spend with someone, the more faith you can have in them. If that someone is God, then, and you're struggling with this idea of, I, I don't have a lot of faith. I would challenge you just as I would challenge myself, spend time with them. And on the other side of that, you know, relationship nourishment, if, if you're investing that time, if on the other side of that, you still feel like your faith is, uh, it's an empty well, then I'm not so sure that you haven't done what you needed to do to invest into something that I have found to be worth everything but at least at least giving it the shot and saying i'm going to give this a chance i'm going to spend time with this person and see if they are worthy of it all and it's it's my opinion that there is no one else that is even close to as worthy as he is that's right yeah and i mean look at like let's take a step back and just look at what the what the christian faith is (laughs) <laughs> it mm-hmm. kind of explains it right there, if you, you know, based on what we're just talking about. But, you know, Christianity is based on relationships. Mm-hmm. It's it's based on a relationship with Christ. It's based on a relationship with God. It's, you know, so, you know, and like exactly what Matt said, faith is synonymous with, with trust. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very similar, if, it's, if not the same. And, and can you have a relationship with someone without trust? I would argue no. Mm-hmm. So... The only way to have a relationship with with God is to grow to trust Him. Um, how do you grow to trust somebody? Exactly what Matt said. Mm-hmm. Spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Put that relationship to the test from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> it's, right. It's the only way. It's the yeah. only way. Um, and uh, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, this whole thing is based on is based on faith. And if we can have faith like a mustard seed, what? What is the reflection of that when it comes to our relationship with God? Hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And, I mean, this is challenging to me. I I was just reminded of something my pastor said before where he um, encourages people to do first and final 15, which we've talked about a couple times. The first thing you do in the morning for 15 minutes is pray and read your Bible. If if you're not a Christian and you— you have no interest, then uh, no problem. Uh, there, there are probably other things that you do with the first 15 minutes of your day, and I would actually argue, knowing from fir- uh, from personal experience, that a lot of them are pretty terrible ways to start the day. Um, spending time on your your phone or spending time watching the news—it's just a terrible way to to start the trajectory of where you're going that day. Um, yep. On the contrary, the the times that I, I actually have followed this advice which isn't as often as I'd like, um, it's amazing how the first bad thing that happens in your day, you sort of, it sort of bounces off of you. And mm-hmm. the, the first person you meet outside of your house, you treat them a little bit differently. Uh, there's a little bit more, I don't know, empathy and understand. There's, there's, there, there's this slower-paced attitude that you take on and you look at the world around you and you say I'm not going to rush through all of this as as much as I have in the past. So on this 5 week tour that we're on by the time this comes out I'll be 
more into it than what I am tonight's the first night. Um, I have a personal goal. The personal goal of mine is to spend more time with God. That's a relationship yeah. I want to bolden and nourish. I want to invest time into it. It's something I, I, I said this morning to my parents, actually. And I actually reached out to them and I said, if you don't mind, um, if you have a couple minutes per week, just say a prayer for me that I can, uh, that I can focus on that because that's, I know that that's something I need to do for myself. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking about the next month or couple months, no matter where you're coming from, it might be a good idea to set a goal for yourself and say, all right, in, in one month, I want to be in this particular place. If you're anything like me, it's going to take, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna test you a little bit because you're gonna have to wake up 15 minutes earlier or go to bed fi- you know 15 minutes later. You're gonna have to sacrifice something that you've grown accustomed to doing. Uh, right. That's difficult, but I would challenge you to do it. I think that in the end, even if it's not something that you say I'm going to continue doing this, it will have been helpful to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna be trying to do that. And I'll say a prayer for you every each week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. So this was a really good conversation, Tim. Thank, thanks for yeah. yeah. Thanks for bringing this up. I I liked how actually it's not all the time that what we talk about is applicable in my life directly, but this is really good. So thank you. Mm. Yeah. Of course. My pleasure. It's it's applicable to me too. So I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, but this is this is often my my bible study sometimes the only time that i actually really yeah dig in um and have conversations about um spiritual yeah. things so um uh, so i appreciate it I, there, I don't Tim? take it for granted yeah can you hear me uh, can you hear me i think i Matt. lost you tim hello hello okay i got you now got you now yep cool i don't know what happened there okay but. yeah <laughs> i'm still rolling so okay. we're still we're you. still going yeah we're still going <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I guess before we wrap, I actually found uh, a lingering question okay. for our flash questions. So I'm going to throw this out there real quick. We're an- we'll answer it. And then uh, this mini-sode that is now a- almost a regular episode, <laughs> well, we, can, we can wrap it up. It's yeah. 12.08 right now. Yeah. And I'm sure we're both really tired. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, this single question that, that made it into this mini-sode is from at Jared underscore M52. Uh, Jared asks, when you look at or listen to a drummer, what specifically are the things you find the most impressive? So when you think of your favorite drummers, why are they your favorite? What is it about their playing that grabs your attention and makes you want to watch or listen to them over and over again? It's a great question. And I know Jared. Hi, Jared. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, Jared actually was at Beating Drums of Battle Cancer. He was one of the first oh, nice. ones, once he found out about it, to text me and say whatever nice. we needed, he'd help. That's cool. No, well, he. Thanks, it's a. It was a thankless position. Uh, I think I put him in charge of like helping out with raffle stuff, and he was he was there early, and he left before I even got to say bye. So thank you, Jared. Um, it's a great question. For me, there's there's a couple of things baked into the cake here. Number one, are they enjoying what they're doing? Has mm. literally nothing to do with technique. Are they enjoying what they're doing? Are they smiling? Can you tell that they really enjoy doing this, or is someone? sort of forcing their hand in a way um number two are they creative what kind of drum parts are they playing are they unique to them 
And then number three, something I love seeing is just the work ethic part of it. So if I can tell someone mm. really put time yeah. into this or put time into their craft, oh man, I, I could care less what it is. I'm like, dude, that is sick. Yeah. And that's why I love sports mm-hmm. because sports, because athletes, um, they give it everything. They have to. Uh, about half an hour ago, we just had a guy on the back of the bus here sitting with Jake and I. Um, and the dude used to play for the Oakland Raiders. Now he's with the Detroit Lions. I worked out with him once, and that dude works out hard. Paul Butler, mm. look him up. He has muscles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on muscles, on muscles. <laughs> so it's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't really have anything else to add because I agree with all that. I think it's – I think the drummers that I like the most are the ones that I enjoy watching the most. Yeah. Um, whether it's just the flair in, in which they play right. or the smiles on their faces right. or um, how they serve the song. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's often um, those, those pieces that Matt mentioned that, that make them my favorite. And oftentimes the favorite drummers that I had or used to have, my ex-favorites – are usually my ex-favorites because of um, who I've found out they are as people or, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know the shortcuts that they've taken or, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's usually, it's usually those things that, um, that would make me not like them as much anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's so. great. Yeah. Good question. Thanks, Good Jared. question. So, um... So yeah, thank you guys for listening to our mini-sode. Um, if you have any questions or things to add, I'm sure this topic brought up a lot of questions for a lot of people. Um, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Holy Ghost Notes uh, or shoot us an email, Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're interested in uh, being a patron member, uh, check out patreon.com slash holy ghost notes uh we do live streams and giveaways and and a bunch of other cool things so um check that out if you're interested and uh use hashtag holy ghost notes on your drum videos absolutely yeah each week huge thanks to the inner circle group we love you guys we really appreciate what you guys are doing we hit 25 over a year in huge accomplishment for us and thank you for your contribution to us but more so to uh those that were able to help with your money and um and also just uh, hopefully you're benefiting from this in a way that's uniquely yours because uh, this podcast is getting better because of your contribution. So thank you very Absolutely. much. We, at this point, couldn't really do this this well without you. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, I think the next big thing is, is full episode videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we finally have the ability to do that, and we're going to be rolling that out very soon. That's so, right. And then... Uh, some drum lessons for Patreon members as well, mm-hmm. different tiers. There's going to be a library of drum videos and then actual one-on-one uh, lessons that you can schedule with Matt um, if you're in some of the higher tiers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's great. And, and, again, thank you guys for your support. You're amazing. Um, and aside from the support, it's just been so fulfilling to get to know you all. So, um, yeah, thank you. It's best thing i know how to say now i have to write a rap <laughs> patrons, so i have to write and record a holy ghost notes rap so oh, wish me luck good if luck i need prayer for something each week that's that's probably what it is the, the rap so just keep uh, me in your prayers i love that <laughs> okay yeah does jake have anything to add before we wrap up <laughs> jake any final words final requests he's he says he just farted okay all right oh, cool. we'll all right. uh we'll wrap Awesome. 
Well, thanks again, and we'll see you all next time. Okay, thanks a lot. Peace. Peace.